0: Welcome to Together for Good, brought to you by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio. Together for Good exists to recognize and uplift the many people working together for the good of San Antonio and the surrounding communities. Now here's the host of Together for Good, Cody Knowlton.
1: Hello, everyone, and thank you again for joining us today as we spotlight the great work of a local nonprofit and all they are doing to improve the health of our community. We're so glad you're joining us today. Today, we've got the great, great privilege and pleasure of having Reverend Gavin Rogers with us today. Gavin is the associate pastor at Travis Park Church and the executive director of Corazon Homeless Ministries, and he's been in this role since 2020. Uh, Gavin is a Texas native and uh, graduated from the Divinity School at Duke. University. He also graduated from Baylor University, That's my true. alma mater. In 2013, he was selected as the Young San Antonian of the Year for his work of solidarity with the homeless when he lived on the streets of San Antonio for Lent. And I remember when that happened. I was yeah. here. Um, that, was, that was just a wonderful, wonderful example of commitment to, um, to those that are homeless. And Gavin, we're grateful you're with us here today. Um, tell us how you came to be at Corazon. Well, thanks for inviting me, Cody. This is a great conversation to be having.
2: There's so many great nonprofits in San Antonio. It's really a city of compassion. Uh, When I did that Linton journey in 2013, I was working at TriPoint Community Center right there at Trinity Baptist Church, and we were struggling with the idea of how to really serve as an open community center and serve all people. And I didn't really know much about the homeless life. You know, I maybe, maybe went on a youth group trip to either downtown Houston, downtown San Antonio, maybe a place like Haven for Hope, uh, where we volunteered before. But I didn't know much about truly the street life. And so during Lent in 2012, um, I decided to give up my house for Lent. You know, Baptists don't often really carry much Lent around with them most of the time. So it was kind of a new practice for me. And I just fell in love with outreach ministry, homeless ministry, and, and those experiencing homelessness, because um, it opened my eyes to a, a world that wasn't as much different as I thought. Um, I, I learned that I could probably sit at the campus of Haven for Hope, at the courtyard, or at the Corazon Day Center now, and record a conversation. And if I took out the names and places and identifiers, and I just heard the conversation, then I re- went down, let's say, to the Alamo Heights football game and the nicest part of the stadium where the parents are and I recorded that conversation and took out all the identifiers, people would be sharing in, about the same pain, about the same suffering, about broken love and broken marriages and addictions and and things that that, that cripple us all. But people have different ways to get out of those experiences and uh, a lot of the times people experiencing homelessness have very little resources. So one that that idea of seeing the common humanity for those experiencing homelessness really got me involved in that type of work. And I've connected that to church ministries since 2012. Wow. So what is the history of Corazon? You know, Corazon started in 1999 by by parishioners at Travis Park Church. Uh, They were right next to Travis Park Park, which is in downtown San Antonio and. At the time, probably in 1995, 1996, 1998, they saw this increase of of street life at, at Travis Park. At one point, it was actually quite severe. And they said the best thing they can do as a church is to really just open up and serve breakfast. So they started serving breakfast every Sunday morning. It was Bible study groups, Sunday school groups, but they committed to it every Sunday. And they've done that ever since. Uh, we call that Corazon Cafe back in the day, and they've done Corazon Cafe for almost 25 straight years, uh, every Sunday. Um, they soon started a prayer circle on Wednesday, a medical clinic that also operated on Sunday, and they operated for that for a while. Uh, then in a few years, they opened up a Corazon Day Center, and they started doing each day of the week. And that existed up until uh, Haven for Hope opened, and that kind of drastically changed uh, the landscape of that nonprofit world for a little bit until covid 19 mm-hmm. yeah so, covid changed
1: quite a bit for y'all then didn't it it did
2: and it mm-hmm. and, and it it really helped a lot of nonprofits reevaluate how best to serve their community and fill the gaps that were that were just very much seen during an an event like covid 19 so the heartbeat of of corazon is is congregational care it's people attached to a faith community who saw a need and they wanted to meet that need and they allowed other things to happen Uh, over time, whether that be a medical clinic or Alamo City Street Choir or a New Day Center um, and harm reduction outreach program. So all those things have kind of changed and morphed over the years, but our main focus has been serving in the gaps of those experiencing uh, homelessness.
1: Mm -hmm. So has Corazon been uh, always a separate ministry of the church and with its own board and yeah, I mean, were you their first executive director? No, I wasn't. Okay.
2: They're, they're, they've had various executive directors in their history, maybe four or five, depending on the size and scope of, of Corazon. Uh, since Corazon's been reformed since two thousand, you know, twenty two thousand nineteen, um, we've kind of refocused of, of how we do street outreach. But um, it started under Travis Park Church for about two or three years, and then. Uh, Taylor Boone, who is a minister at Travis Park Church, he also helped co-found uh, Methodist Health Care Ministries. Um, he uh, took that organization uh, and made it a nonprofit. So it became a nonprofit around 2002, 2003, a mm-hmm. uh, separate board they could focus on. Um, raising money differently and, and, mm. and, and operating with a little bit more autonomy. But they've always been connected and have bylaws to be connected to, to Travis Park Church and other congregations. I see. I see. What, what does a day at Corazon look like? Right now, our day uh, would be primarily a day center, a respite care center that involves inviting people in uh, to experience friendship, to experience a warm meal compassion. And there's forms of street outreach that are connected to that. We have a harm reduction street outreach team. We have a downtown street outreach team that operates kind of out of that hub. Uh, So every day we have outreach workers going around to 42 locations around San Antonio, uh, meeting clients where they're at. Most of my staff are peer support specialists, meaning they've experienced homelessness or some form of extreme addiction that led them to homelessness briefly or a long period of time. So they know the client's uh, stories and experiences, and uh, each and every day we're serving hundreds and hundreds of people, not only at our day center but on the streets of San Antonio. Uh, it's kind of chaotic, uh, but it's 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 chaos with a bunch of love uh, because we serve the most chronic, low barrier clients you could possibly serve in in our realm of people experiencing homelessness. Uh, it's not the prettiest sight to see sometimes but it's one where I believe our faith calls us to go to the dirtiest of places uh, and find and give that hope that I believe that Jesus Christ offers, uh, but also uh, allowing people to experience uh, the joy of community and love that are often uh, neglected. Um, it's It's a beautiful thing. It's a, it is a ministry that, that lives in the trenches and we're not afraid to to,
1: to go there. Hmm. Tell, tell me how y'all relate or collaborate with Haven for Hope, since you've mentioned them. And of course, Christian Assistance Ministry is another wonderful organization in the downtown area, a lot closer to y'all than obviously Haven for Hope is. So how, how do y'all work together in, in reaching the marginalized?
2: Well, the beauty of COVID-19, uh, if there was a beauty to it, y'all asked that uh, at, at your Baptist uh, celebration hmm. uh, this past Christmas, you know, and uh, there was some Tragic, tragic moments of COVID-19 that we can talk endless about. But one thing that did it did do, it, it brought nonprofits together that might have separated over years. Uh, that, you know, they might have gone to a meeting or two or gone to some think tank or some panel session. Uh, but they were really disconnected and, and operating in silos. Uh, COVID-19 changed that. And so we started working almost daily with Christian Assistant Ministries, with uh, the Department of Human Services, uh, that operates out street outreach for the city of San Antonio and Bear County, uh, Haven for Hope, San Ministries. All of us now meet on a regular basis, and and often share in funding uh, the street outreach program. Uh, a lot of the times, is funded by the city of San Antonio. Most all those agencies I named receive some to- type of care to operate within that street outreach program, uh, and we follow the same type of standards and rules so that we can better serve our clients uh, throughout our city. Uh, so you know, one of our our day center when we when it, when it kind of restarted uh, during COVID nineteen, we needed a landing spot. Uh, Christian Assistant Ministries Executive Director and CEO Don, she she's the one that told us, "Hey, I think maybe this campus would be a good spot for uh, the Corazon Day Center." So without good communication and and dialogue with some great partners, uh, we wouldn't have uh, seen that success. So these partnerships are are crucial if you really want to. Um, Transform our community i think the mistake of maybe the uh, early days of haven for hope it was seen as a one-stop shop and it is a stop it is a very important stop but we have to have diversity in services and i think COVID 19 reminded us of that and and organizations like sam and cam and corazon uh, church under the bridge uh, and i can you know catholic charities uh Catholic Workers House, all of the people started working together and and becoming more unified. And it's been really successful to to serve our clients. Mm.
1: Well, Gavin, I want to applaud you for your leadership uh, in that because every nonprofit wants to collaborate. Uh, they know they need to, but uh, and, and to defend them, you know, they got a lot going on. Yeah. You know, they've got their own board, they have their own donors, they got their own clients, their own issues. And it's it's hard to okay, now let me stop and reach out and, you know, build a relationship with Gavin, build a relationship with Don, see how we can work together. And it takes that going the extra mile to bring uh, nonprofits together. And it's, it's, it's like one, it's like a domino falling. You get one to go next thing, you know, everybody's talking and it's a good thing. It is a good
2: thing. And and, and, it also competition's a good thing. It Mm -hmm. makes us stronger, right? Iron sharpens iron, right? So, Mm I actually like that it's competitive in some ways because it makes each of us better, right? right? So if you can keep that focus and say we're in competition together, we're in competition to end homelessness, to limit homelessness, to make the experience of people living unhoused as best as possible here in San Antonio. Um, And so if you keep that mission in mind, I think everybody is stronger. uh, And you start acknowledging the gaps in the system so we try not to do what CAM does. We don't have an assistant ministries program like they do where they provide, uh, you know, CPS assistance mm-hmm. or, or type of rent assistance mm-hmm. or more on the harm reduction street outreach side. We don't do a lot of permanent supportive housing because SAM ministries is the best in town. We don't do a shelter like Haven. So we, we also live in the gaps and know our place and the lane that we're going to be best in.
1: Mm-hmm. For those of you just joining us, I'm here today with Reverend Gavin Rogers, who is the associate pastor at Travis Park Church in downtown San Antonio, and also the executive director of Corazon Ministries, who serve the homeless and the marginalized uh, through focused services. Uh, Gavin, let's keep our conversation going here. What what issues do you see impact homelessness in San Antonio? Yeah, you know,
2: right now, there, homelessness... Um, is being extremely, extremely affected by the opioid overdoses and uh, the fentanyl crisis that's happening uh, nationwide. Um, I have been involved in this type of work since 2012, and only the last couple of years have we seen a rapid increase of overdose deaths, uh, usage, uh, addictions far beyond what we saw before, uh, and drugs that I have never even heard of uh, come into the system uh, that are just terrifying uh, not only to the individual using, but people who were ac- accidentally connected to it. Um, and so the, the, that has altered my viewpoint. At one point, um, we were a, basically an abstinence program, uh, and, and, and a lot of groups were living that model. That's a very popular model, but then we had to rethink what that looks like and, and people experiencing homelessness because the addictions on the street will just continue to lead somebody into more and more poverty, more unhoused uh, lifestyles, and, um, and have very, 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 very hard chance of getting out of it. Um, so the typical programs, housing programs, um, techniques of, of therapy were working, right? And so we had to start doing harm reduction. And it's a word that is, has been politicized, but it's also something that's very, very, very important to work with an individual with love and care, meet people where they're at, and uh, have peer support specialists who have experienced homelessness join um, join the process in that healing. And I think that's a great hope. Uh, there's there's a lot we have to do. Uh, but the ex- people who are experiencing homelessness are living in trauma. Uh, it is trauma-informed care. Everyone that is, that is unhoused has one thing in common, and that is severe trauma somewhere in their life. Uh, The first individual I met on the streets in my 40 days uh, was a man named William, and I talk about him a lot. But things I don't share often is um, his father was a war vet. Uh, His mom uh, died of of cancer when he was very, very young. Uh, So his dad was a single dad uh, with trauma of his own from the war and killed himself in front of William mm. when William was nine. Mm. Uh, w- William never escaped that trauma. Uh, he didn't have the right people around him at that time to escape that trauma, and, and he lived homeless for almost entire life until the end of his life. Um, and there's stories like that, that 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 really make us realize that the one thing that we all have in common is this trauma, and it's how do we get out of that trauma is really the biggest difference and that could be uh, addiction, abuse, uh, PTSD, and a lot of things that lead to people experiencing homelessness mm-hmm. and I think it creates a common humanity. I think a lot of times we just see homelessness and oh it's a choice. Um, they choose this lifestyle and that can't be farther from the truth.
1: Right, right. People are often unsure how to help the homeless um, What would you like them to know? I mean, as we're driving up to the corner and there's the guy standing out there with the sign or the the folks in front of, you know, I I think of Grace Lutheran as I drive by it uh, and Cam's right next door and there's people up on those steps, you know, sleeping, you know, uh, what do you want folks to know about how they can help the homeless? We get that
2: question a lot. And I get that question a lot usually when I speak at a place like Rotary or the Lions Club and they say, well, usually the question is, what can our club do to help? Right? And I think they want me to say, come volunteer and serve at the soup kitchen, which all it requires, I know on the radio, but um, it just requires if somebody's able to turn their wrist up and down to serve food. That's the skill set. So if I was a, you're applying for the job, I say, well, can you do that? And you'd say, yes. I say, great, I'll put you to work to serve. But it, it lacks this connectivity, mm-hmm. uh, it, it lacks uh, the ability to be vulnerable with people who were afraid of. Uh, So what I really encourage people to do, and and, and I learned this from freshmen at Trinity University. They interviewed in about 2014 all these players in the nonprofit world that deal with the unhoused, Haven for Hope, pastors like myself, other organizations, and they said, you know what? In San Antonio, we're really good at level two and three trauma care. That would be places like Haven or the Day Center or counseling services or VA Uh, Places people can go and they have all these licensed counselors. We're really good at that but that's level two and three. What we're lacking is actually a society citizens who who do not see themselves as active participants in trauma-informed care and that's called level one care. So the smallest things that we do and we can vouch for for people uh, is to really see the common humanity of their trauma and realize how we interact with them and it's not so much always like giving them money but it's how we're vouching for them in our communities, how we're encouraging um, neighborhoods not to live into nimbyism that's not in my backyard, right? Like, oh, I don't want a homeless ministry in my neighborhood or I don't want housing in this neighborhood. All those things create this image of uh, not supporting people who are needing just level one love, right? Level one care. Uh, So if you do um, give a sandwich to somebody in need, I don't care if that's at a nonprofit or on the street or with your church. Good. You gave a sandwich. Um, A great pastor once said, and and I'm going to forget his name right now, but he he said it to me years ago. He said, we're not afraid to give people money. It's easy to give a dollar. You may not like it, but but it's easy. He said, what we're afraid to do is look them in the eyes. And you experience this when you probably drive by and you're at the park and you're in your car and somebody's looking at you. And the one thing we're afraid to do is make eye contact. Because if we make eye contact, we'll feel responsible, right? We'll feel guilt. We'll feel some feeling. That is what we have to break through. So when I encourage people to volunteer, I would love a group, and I've I've yet to see this 100% of the time, but I would love a group that all they did is come to Corazon and eat with our clients. They say, no, we're supposed to serve. Like, no, I don't care. I can give away food. Right. What I can't give away is a, a conversation. And so I encourage people to go and meet with clients at any organization or places of faith and, and have a conversation with somebody experiencing homelessness. And that might radically change our views of how to mm. to treat that trauma.
1: That's right. That's right. Well, I mean, put yourself in their shoes. I mean, wouldn't you want to feel normal? You know, just some guy walk up and sit down and say, hey, you know, let's, we're, I'm just going to eat lunch with you like I would anybody else. Instead of I'm serving, I'm standing behind the line, you're over there. Yeah, you know, here, and that's a very I'm, common there, way to serve. A, a border, you know, yeah. I'm not going to cross the border and sit down with you. So, uh, Gavin, what, what's something that gives you hope on a hard day? You know, my staff, one thing I've realized is, is, as Corazon's grown, when I took over
2: Corazon, we had a staff of zero. It was me, and, and then we had to find a new chef, and now we're at a staff of 40. And our staff see a lot, a lot of chaos. They see a lot of uh, unhappy stories. Not a stories filled with hope. Uh, they see people experience great suffering. And we can carry that burden. Uh, it, it, it's our greatest consor- concern as as admin staff at Corazon and my board to care for our staff. Uh, but here's what I see. I see every day uh, my staff uh, tackle issues with with total humanity, whether that's somebody who has left a hospital uh, with barely anything and I mean no clothing they might be defecating on themselves, uh, extremely messy and I've seen my staff approach that individual where most people would be like, hands off right, Uh, with love with sincere touch uh, not afraid of the mess and literal mess and I see our staff engage in the way I think probably Christ calls us to engage uh, in the midst of that chaos and be that light, that gives me hope because when I see that, I know we can break through and transform somebody's life. Uh, and, and we've seen in stories like that. Uh, there was an individual that I met years ago and, and, our, and our outreach workers did too. His name was Kenneth. And he was always around the river walk. He was always in downtown. During Snowvid, we could not get him inside even when we were offering everything, we could not get him inside in 10-degree weather. And we were like, man, like, how do we reach Kenneth? Uh, over and over again, Morgan Hanley and Brittany Ackerson and, and Val from CAM, they would, they would all go out there and, and meet with Kenneth day in and day out. Even when he said no, like, uh, they would still love on him, care for him, build that relationship because they knew one day he might say yes. Um, and he did. Eventually, he, he, he's in a video on our website. So if you go to corazonesa.org, you can watch the video that pops up on the first page, and you can, you can le- learn a little bit about, about Kenneth. But he finally said yes, and now he's living downtown in uh, a housing right in downtown. Uh, he gets to stay in a community where he's familiar with. He can still walk around downtown. He can still hang out at the Riverwalk. And now he's safe inside uh, and clean and, and able to adjust uh, to a new way of life. We have clients that have been fully addicted to opioids, um, relapse countless amount of times. The average person in that type of addiction will relapse six to nine times before they say they need help, right? Um, So our staff will wade through those waters. They'll be told no. They'll watch a relapse. You have to be patient to watch that and to experience that. And through the techniques of harm reduction, allowing somebody to survive and not die of an overdose until... You can't go to treatment if you're dead. But you can go if you keep making it, building that relationship. Um, So we've seen people get out of extreme forms of addiction. And and the approaches that these peer support people are doing are five times more likely to work than my previous thought of abstinence programs. Mm -hmm. So if they're more likely to get out of that, that is life-saving. They're really like... I see Lazarus happen every day. Um, The hope I see is... Yes, there's an opioid crisis, but my team alone in 2022, and this is just the Corazon team, helped reverse overdose for 1,530 people. That was 1,530 people who were literally dying of an overdose. Wow. And because of an interaction, because of the t- harm reduction tactics that we can use with certain drugs, we were able to stop that overdose. Mm-hmm. Literally somebody coming back to life. So when I read that Lazarus story, we read it last Sunday, actually. We preached on it at Travis Park Church, my, my pastor did. And you think of it so theological, but I see it as a completely practical story and we see those people uh, be redeemed and transformed each day.
1: Mm. Gavin, y'all are really just the hands and feet of Christ. I mean, when I think of what y'all do, I I think of Jesus and how he didn't turn away from the leper. He didn't turn away from the ill and the sick and those that were outcast by by the community. And so y'all are doing tremendous work and in so we can wrap up here. Um, give, us, give us a good way for someone to contact you, your website, your phone number, uh, and let's let our listeners have that.
2: Yeah, you can always learn more at CorazonSA.org. That's Corazon, C-O-R-A-Z-O-N-S-A.org. Uh, that's the best way to get a hold of us. Uh, you can also give us a call at 210-226-8341 and, uh, and, and reach out to us either if you want to uh, donate or volunteer uh, or just learn more. We go to training sessions all the time. Uh, we will train people in harm reduction. We will train people in street outreach and trauma-informed care. If, if churches or maybe organizations want to uh, learn uh, how to better care.
1: Okay, well, let me close this in a word of prayer, Gavin, and, uh, and we, will, we will depart. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for Corazon Ministries, for Gavin, his leadership, and for all that you are accomplishing through this great nonprofit in downtown San Antonio. We lift up those that come in and out of Corazon on a daily basis, and for what they're dealing with, that they will uh, feel the love of you and the love of everybody around them. Uh, for healing. And Lord, just uh, go with this great organization, and uh, we just uh, love what they're doing, and we're grateful for them. Well, thank you, Gavin, for all uh, you do in the community. You're an amazing individual doing challenging work, and we're grateful for you, my friend. We really are. Um, Listeners, thank you for joining in today, and we're grateful to be here with you today. You can catch all our episodes uh, on our podcast uh, or by going on bhfsa.org slash togetherforgood. We'll be back next week. God bless and take care, everyone.
0: Thank you for tuning in today for Together for Good. We hope you've been encouraged, uplifted, and inspired. Until our next time together, may the Lord bless and keep you. And in all things, to God be the glory.